Welcome to the box score. Yes, ballers. That's right. We're missing. We're one one man down today. We're missing yeah. Kurt Scott, but we got Luke and Chris here holding down the fort just before we watch the Lakers Nuggets game. That's it, Mr. Kurt Scott. You are missed. So, what's going on, Luke? Oh, mate. You know, like we talked about in the previous episode, there's been a lot of basketball. Been a lot of basketball every day, and. You know, I'm used to having a, a little bit of downtime with it, but like, you know, we've got some interesting series here. Um, let's start talking about Miami and Boston. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, not two of my two favorite teams. I kind of uh, took a little dagger in the heart when the Raptors got uh, knocked out by the Celtics. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Miami are certainly doing their thing. Um, you know, they've got a, a bunch of young guys that are just killing it right now. And they're just playing good team basketball, right? Well, That's kind of the key. Pat Riley's got to be feeling good, eh? Pat Riley's feeling good, wearing his mask upside down well, in all the games. It's funny how, like, as the years go on, it's the same plays in the game. So Pat Riley's up against Denny Ainge right now. And Pat Riley and Denny Ainge went against each other with the Celtics versus the Lakers back in the day. Yeah. So Pat Riley, he holds grudges. He would absolutely love his team to come, take Denny Ainge's Celtics out of that. Oh, 100%. And then take the Lakers down to exact revenge for when the team started bad-mouthing him before he went to New York. This is true. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, don't know Pat personally or uh, have spoken to him. Have you seen any interviews around that? or as to what, No, I just see him with his slick hair. He's got his watching slick from hair the, yeah. his face mask. Again, upside down with the NBA sign. If you guys have seen that, it's, it annoys me for some unknown reason. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, like, you know, um, if they make the finals, he'll, like, fire Sapolstra and then come down and coach the team. Didn't he do that once before? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> it's interesting, though. Um, just kidding, just kidding, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll have to see. They're certainly primed uh, in position right now with a 3-2 lead, right? So... Um, I mean, they got like game four, if you look at that, uh, just to recap a couple of sort of highlights, you know, Tyler Hero, the 20 year old rookie, uh, is picked number 13 in last year's draft and just coming out, he's setting records game four, he dropped 37 points off the bench, surpassed Wayne Wade's, uh, previous, uh, record there at the heat where he, uh, had 27 points uh, as a rookie off the bench. So, um, you know, he's he's uh, he's something, and they've got a lot of uh, firepower, you know, from the outside right now. They've got, you know, the likes of the Crowder and co that are just hitting their hitting their straps. They're a lot like Boston. They're just a good team. They are. Um, they have, like, young stars. They've got their savvy veterans. It's good for the Celtics to have Gordon Hayward back. Um, the, the heat, you got Dragic veteran, a great veteran. Like, um, you know, he's been playing well this playoffs. Uh, you got Jimmy Butler, uh, like he might not always have the best shooting nights, but he's always on. I mean, if you look at the teams, like who are the real superstars on both teams, you know, and, and, and I guess, how do I count superstar? You know, who's got, who realistically do you think will be going to the hall of fame from these two teams? And you look at it, there's probably not many of them right i mean you know obviously there's a couple of guys that are certainly on their way yeah um but yeah. uh right now there's there's no superstar lebron james anthony davis power i mean if you want to 
really look at it from a Miami and perspective, at least. These are the teams I prefer to watch. Um, I don't yeah. like the superstar. I will, we'll talk about the LA Super superstars and the super teams and all that later on. But I like what Pat Riley's done in Miami. I, I, I like their team. And like, you know, they've got good scouts. No one ever talks about the scouts, like with their draft and what they've done. Um, like, look at these players coming up over the last couple of years from uh, a Bam to Hero, you name it. Like, they're playing their role. They built a team. And I think that's uh, an overlooked part of the game is the, the scouts that go out there and get that. And I, I think um, Golden State were good at that. Um, and not the Durant yeah. scouting, but oh. like getting like Harrison Barnes, like trading Monta Ellis, mm-hmm. um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Draymond Green, second round. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's always a, a good a good news story when you have these rookies and, and teams that sort of evolve into something rather than, you know, these super teams that are quote unquote purchased uh, to, to, to win. And obviously anything but a, a victory or a... A championship is is a disappointment, and this is what the Lakers are encountering. You know, right now they they spent a whole bunch of money and traded a whole bunch of people to get AD, and now's the the real time. Like LeBron did his season, did his duties, and now he's he's at it. So uh, yeah, we'll get onto the LA thing in a bit, but like uh, with Miami, Boston, where do you think where do you, what, what do you think is going to happen this week? Hmm. It, it's because a, Hayward coming back is pretty pretty big. Haywood coming back's pretty big. He's a sizable character. He's put on a bit of muscle. Um, you know, he. Uh, well, I think he's just growing a mustache. Otherwise, he's, he's the same, and his legs healed. He's growing a mustache. And his <laughs> legs are healed. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I honestly think Miami are going to take it. Maybe in seven. We'll. Uh, yeah, I guess TBD on that one. But um, you know, it really. It's whoever turns up on the day and plays the the best basketball. And that's that's the great thing about the NBA and about the playoffs is that. You know, generally speaking, there's not too many blowouts. Um, everyone's fairly evenly matched and anyone can hit their hot streak at any time. And, um, you know, you, you see that with the guys, the, the likes of these the Tyler heroes that can just come out and, and streak shoot. Get hot, get hot. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, I must admit, I am liking the other series a little bit better. Um, yep. Yep. I, I don't know why. Something about East Coast basketball, like in the last couple of years, is just, but I like, I don't know. It's better than watching the Sixers or so. I'm like, you know, it's a shame the Raptors are out, but I think the right two teams are there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what sort of, whatever, whoever wins, it'll be interesting to see the challenge that they give the one that comes from the West. Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, I think if the Nuggets, you know, we've seen them come down from 3-1 before and, you know, so don't don't count them out just well, yet. Well, let's start talking about LA and Denver. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they come back from three one, is that three three ones in yes. a yep. playoff? Yep. Like, that's you know, I want to root for the underdog. Like, I had Lillard, I wanted Doncici, I wanted all that, and like, you know, it, the last like they've they've been good games. All right, Jamal yeah. Murray has come out as a a superstar. You know, and um, uh, Jokic, like, unbelievable. And, like, you know, like, the the Lakers do have firepower, especially, like, to be able to, like, say Jokic, for example. They could put Anthony, he has to guard Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is on him. And then you got Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee on him. You got Dwight Howard just being a bit of a bully to him nonstop. All right, I trying to get in his head. I haven't even seen McGee get on the floor, but, I, you know, <clears throat> mind you, I've been 
trying to watch the games as best as possible. But, uh, you know, there's been intermittent um, portions there. But Dwight Hardman has been doing a good job. He's been trying to get in Jokic's head. He's been uh, doing his, his role. His role is to play defense, get rebounds, uh, and finish, be a bit of a uh, finish alley oops. Be a bit of a dick. Uh, be a bit of a dick. Yeah. He's been a bit of a dick, and like um, I seen him the other day, and I like you know he threw a ball into the stands or whatever it was, and yeah, you know, he almost got tossed from the game, and like I think he's getting, I like I just feel he wants to be wanted. Yeah, right? he does. Well, look, if you and they want him, and he's been doing well for the team. Um, I just, I, I he still gets under my skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, if you look back at when the the Lakers got Dwight Howard, you know, LeBron basically sat him down and said, "Hey, we want you on this team. We still we feel you can add value. Um, you know, like based on your career and your uh, your presence and your skills. But this is the role that you will need to play, and so you need to basically come into a team and not." be or think that you're going to be the best This player. is your last chance. Exactly. Pretty and, much. And kudos to Dwight Howard, man. He has actually fulfilled that role and lived up to that potential, especially during this playoff series. You know, he didn't even get a run uh, in the last series, you know, when it was all a, a matchup thing uh, with the Rockets, right? So, you know, he didn't play then, and now he's playing a whole bunch of minutes now against the Nuggets. So he seems to be fitting into his role nicely. Well, the, the coaching's been good. Coaching's um, been good. What's, yeah, with yeah. the I love Paul Millsap. All right, like um, I Vote think for Millsap. Yeah, <laughs> you look at the back of his jersey. That's what it says. Hey guys, make sure you check us out. BS Bowlers. We're on Instagram. You see a lot of videos and that and content that we put on there. But Paul mm-hmm. Millsap is like I think when who was it? Uh, Marcus Morris went up against him on um, against the Clippers. Right, mm-hmm. and sort of said, "Hey, go home. You're done." Yeah. Um, and Paul Millsap, he doesn't take shit. He's been in the league for a while. He's, uh, I think, a two or three time All Star. Um, mm-hmm. He's, you know, stayed with the Nuggets. I think the last six years. He's a good player. He's a big boy. He didn't step down for Morris, but he brought the team together. And then Jabal Murray came out of, I'm not going to say nowhere, but he he solidified himself as like an up and coming superstar, not a star. He's a Canadian man, um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's certainly living up to his potential. Um, coming out and just hitting clutch shots, and that's exactly what the Nuggets have need in order to climb back from these three-one series, right? He just down the stretch in the fourth, Jamal's been the the go-to guy, or one of, or one of the go-to guys, you know. And that's the beautiful thing about the Nuggets is that they are playing as a team. They have a few different firepowers uh, that can, you know, drop the three, you know, at these critical times and Murray's come through with the goods. Yeah. So who you got on that one? Well, I mean, before we wrap this up, I gotta we have to talk about playoff rondo, really, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll leave that to you. Rajon. Um, you know, again, I wasn't a huge fan of Rajon. He's uh, you know, he's he's a seasoned vet, been with a bunch of teams, he's been with Boston, you know, he's a... He plays a game, man. He's like uh, he's smart. He's he, smart. He's like the Gary Payton of the modern era in a way. You know, he's, he's he hustles. He gets the steals. He gets the breaks. He talks smack, and he's getting the job done. And you know, he just uh, surpassed Scottie Pippen in the uh, all-time playoff assists. You know, now he's sitting at uh, number eight spot uh, with Steve Nash uh, fastly approaching. You know, he's got a thousand and forty-nine. 
uh, assists in the playoff uh, series or in in all playoffs, which is amazing. And uh, he's a he's twelve. Uh, no, is twelve shy of. Uh, is Rondo a Hall of Famer? This is the question, right? And I go back. He, to only if they win this year. And he know, he yeah. plays good minutes and is a big part of it. Yeah, um, yeah, it, he certainly stepped his game like for an, you know quote unquote an old dude you know still kicking it in the NBA. He and and he's and he's not tall. He's short and he ha- can't rely on his size he, or his agility. He's just he's hustling, man, and well, he's, he's, he's he's a phenomenal passer. I mean, you look at the alley. He's, he's a ridiculous off. athlete. He is he strong. Is. He is very um, strong. He's done like, a few hours in the weight room. Like yep. if you look at like. Here's the way I see it. If the Lakers win, all right, Rondo and Dwight Howard have a good chance of being Hall of Famers. And they have a lot in similarities, all right? They do. Um, They they both can't shoot, but they're both like good at what they can do. Well, can't shoot free throws, yeah. I mean, Dwight Howard can't shoot full stop, but Rajon's been knocking a three pretty solidly. And like uh, Rondo, did he lead the league in assists or he's been top five multiple times? and. yeah. Um, Dwight Howard with rebounds, so they like that. But like physically, for their size and their position, they're two of the strongest people in their positions over the years, and most athletic, right? Hundred percent. And they like they're a little bit similar, except we've never seen playoff Dwight. I don't mm-hmm. think it exists. Mm-hmm. But we got to look at potentially if the Lakers win, those two might be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe time will tell. We got to see what happens with this series. I mean, the Lakers—it would be a real disappointment, not only to the city of Los Angeles, but uh, and Angelo, yeah. if he's listening now, I know you'd cry if the Lakers lost. <laughs> um, yeah, that uh, these guys—you know—they've built this team, and you know it's purely been around LeBron. LeBron's had input input with Magic, and uh, you know they've they've. Uh, Really, really put together a decent team. And, and one other, you know, thing of note, you know, LeBron is still killing it. You know, age, what is he, 35, 36. He's sitting at 26 triple-doubles in playoffs, which is, you know, he's uh, four behind Magic Johnson. And these, all these stats are accumulating to, you know, seemingly make him the greatest. Oi, I'm going to cut you out here. I'm yeah. going to cut you off right here. <laughs> I, I, I want to use this uh, moment to apologize for you. Because the other day I sent you this message and I think um, I didn't know you weren't watching the game, Chris. All right. right. I, I was watching it and I'm wanting Denver to win, but mm-hmm. AD come up and he put that mono brow to use. He did. Shot that three pointer, which is an all time shot. I don't like Anthony Davis. I didn't like right. that shot, but holy hell, it was a, it was a big one. It was right? a... taking a three when you're down. Yeah. And that's a. So yeah. I want to apologize for wrecking that for you. No worries. And then I wrecked it again and said, oh, you got to watch this because yeah. he just had the game winner. It's all, all worth it at the end of the day. I think, you know, that segment there is going to be replayed and replayed much like the Kawhi shot in the Philadelphia series last season. You know, that it's something that's going to be put on a, on a poster and will be remembered if the if Lakers they... get over Denver and win the championship, which is still a ways away. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, you have to win following that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen better shots, I've seen all that, but that was that was pretty good, and like, as like eight, that was good basketball. So, sorry for ruining that for you, but um, who you got in this one? Denver? Lakers. Oh, you're a Laker boy. Uh, right. I, I got the Lakers in this, uh, and been enjoying watching LeBron and, uh, and the team on this side. I know it sounds like you've got Denver. Or I would you, love team Denver, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So the, the thing for me is I, I feel that the Lakers can beat Miami. I feel Miami are going to take out Boston. I don't know if the Nuggets can take out Miami. I feel that Miami might have the edge there. And so that would be an interesting series. Both yeah. I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So there we go. There's our picks for the finals. There we go. So, um, yeah, have you been noticing the NBA virtual fan experience, eh? I have. Tell me about it, Luke. Well, I, you know, I, I put a little video on our Instagram about it because it's pretty funny to see who's on there. Um, I, I saw Inside the NBA and Charles Barkley did an interview on there, which is technically kind of hard to do live because um, the way, I'll tell you how it works. It's like uh, the NBA approached Microsoft or the other way around and they use the platform called Teams, which is like a peer-to-peer video service. But what they wanted was like 17 foot LED screens with around 300 participants in there. Um, so I think it ends up being 10 screens and about 30 on each. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what they do is they largely pick it from the home crowd. So there is still a bit of a home vibe with this. And it mm-hmm. might be the fans and it's often like they, they give it to family um, at the start. Now family is there in the bubble with them. But family, friends, season ticket holders, the ones you'd see in the crowd there. And then if you have cash, you can also sign up for it. So the way that that works is it's uh, like a, a courtside experience. I don't know if you've ever used like virtual reality and seen it from courtside or anything like that. But um, think about like... Oculus uh, Rift. Yeah. 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 Yep. Think about League Pass. And Oculus was another one that signed on with the NBA excuse- exclusively. So... Um, but yeah, you get to see it from multiple angles that aren't the broadcast angles, but there is a two second delay. So that's often why you see like the reactions a little bit later. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And gotcha. um, that makes sense. And like I have a, a friend who's working the bubble. Shout out Drew if you're on this. And Drew's been having some whiskeys with our old C Web down in the bubble. And we'll talk about that on the next episode. Um, but yeah, we. It's a really good experience, and they're doing what they can with it, I think. Um, I think it's awesome. Yeah, the NBA is certainly the leader and the front runner in all of this uh, this technology and also you know setting precedents you know with the virus and and creating the bubble and and having you know the NHL and and other sporting organizations sort of follow suit and um, I think it's, it's it's really cool. So with the like the Microsoft teams, I guess I, I was trying to understand this so, I presume they've got a camera on them at home, obviously. Yeah. And but are they watching a different view of the game? Yeah, as they're to not. What yeah, we are? so they have like um, different courtside cameras. They've got a courtside because I know different ones that. that they they can choose. All right. right. In okay. real time. So think about League Pass. Yes. But with more options. Gotcha. So um, like, and it's smart of the NBA to sort of gear up for this because I don't know. Like, it's going. They might filter in fans, but it's not going to be like it was last year, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is impressive. Um, I'm gonna like get someone to talk, my buddy Drew, to talk a little bit more about the technical side coming up and give me some notes on that. But like from what I can see, it's it's worked really well to this point. Um, it's great, yeah. Because if you see, like, and I'm sure viewers have seen with the NBA, you know, it's always uh the the cameras are from one angle so on one side there's actually no screens at all and then on the other side there is and, that, and that's where all the action is sort of takes place and 
it's it, it's obviously going to be really hard for anyone like in the NFL or NHL to replicate that just due to the the uh, the size of the arenas and and the the atmosphere. So they've integrated crowd noise, which I'm not a huge fan of. The NBA but, have done less of that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. You need a little bit of the ambient sort of a little like, bit. has to be there, but you can't like make it fake. No, and that's what the NFL unfortunately have done. It's I'm just done. like and it's the same loop every time. Oh it yeah, throws the shit out of people. So it's like playing yeah a video yeah. game and hearing the same sample. It is, but no, I mean like we as we adjust to this new normal, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think you know this whole uh, Oculus Rift, um, you know, virtual experiences has been around for a few years now, and the NBA implemented. I want to say last season was it? Or? Yeah, three seasons ago there three. was a company that like um, who've gone offline now because. I know Facebook has been going hard. They just released the new Oculus and they've sort of got the exclusive yep. rights. So, yep. which is a bit of a shame. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that stuff to be open source, even if you have to pay for it. But um, yeah, with the, mm. the Microsoft partnership, I can see that sort of like uh, being beneficial to both. And I, I use Microsoft Teams at work and now they've actually changed it. So if you have a conference call, you can actually have that same view of everyone in the stands. So when you're talking, you can put everyone in the stands and it's, it sort of just adds a bit of fun to it. And it's about bloody time Microsoft has added some fun to something they do. True. Yeah, I mean, they're very functional, very good at what they do and, you know, have millions or maybe billions of users on a daily basis for their products. But uh, yeah, it, it's, very, it's, it's cool to see. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. And um, I guess, like, question for you, Luke. So generally tv gets the best angles of all sport you would you would suggest so when you go to an oculus rift environment and you're sitting courtside is that a better experience than tv well well all right that's a good call so i i don't know how the broadcast view came up all right but i'm thinking it's based on like watching games from like like you've been to many NBA games. I love yep. sitting courtside, mm. but there's some things I'm not going to see when I'm sitting courtside exactly. if I was sitting halfway up. So the broadcast yeah. view, like, uh, look, at if I play a video game and you can choose where, I often choose broadcast because mm-hmm. it is the best view. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, if you're in virtual reality and there's like, I'll, after this, I'll actually show you a virtual reality experience on it. But yeah. like when you're courtside and turn around, there's C Web and Reggie Miller talking behind you. And you're there, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, yeah, there's there's you're there and you're not there and but you know, that's I guess the balance of it all. But the ability to have various angles and sitting in different seats, I think that's very, very appealing. So you can basically sit in every seat and figure out what you And they can do that because every seat's open now. Exactly. So it's a great time and like you know, like every time something goes wrong in the world, it's a great time to actually advance in the world. Mm-hmm. So the way it's happened, hopefully like we come up, I was hoping in the bubble, they'd actually have a different broadcast view. Um, I'm not saying using drones or something like that, but there was an air cam they were doing. And like, I wish that was like, maybe it was too soon to work it out, but I want to see advancements in that. I want to be closer to the game from watch at home, just even on replays. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Now, uh, Luke, I want to talk to you about the all NBA teams for this year, 2020. And, uh, there's a big snub that, uh, was quite controversial that, uh, I, I, I want to start this piece with. And, um, it's, uh, our good friend, Bradley Beal from the Washington wizards who averaged 30 points a game, did not make 
the all NBA teams. The only guy to score more points uh, in a, in this season was James Harden. So, uh, with all things aside, he's had, so, his, had his misses step up and say, put some respect on his name. Um, you know, and uh, and I guess, you know, he's been the talk of many trades and the Wizards didn't have a great season. So, there's a lot up in the air around what makes a player, you know, to well, make an All-NBA team. So, would Trey Young belong on the All-NBA team? This is... Yeah, exactly. Because there's yeah. a half a point difference between him and Bradley Beal. Right. All yeah. right. He also had a great season. And let's let's just talk about who they picked. So we got the like the yeah. first team. First team, we got LeBron James, Harden, Anthony Davis, Doncic, and Giannis. So I think they got that right. Yeah, I'm glad Doncic was on there. You know, yeah. like yeah. as a as a as a point guard, I know like the system has changed and it's like. We're in a positionless NBA right now, and it's more like uh, front court, back court. Mm-hmm. But that team there is a good team, mm-hmm. right? It is, and and the good thing about this today's basketball is, you know, the all NBA teams were built around player positions. But in this day and age, you've got players that can play any position. You got LeBron that can play one to five. You got Giannis that's, you know, he slotted in at number five in this all NBA team. But you know. He, he can obviously run the floor as well. So, you know, this he is... He just can't shoot. He can just, run the floor straight up, straight down. I'm not a fan of him, but he is like, he had yeah. one of the best seasons and through the PR, he's had the best season ever. He has. Yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, you got Giannis and Anthony But we're Davis. talking playoffs here, we're right? Talk, and he's not yeah. even in the conversation. Exactly. So, uh, so second team. Second who, team. We've got Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Nikola... Jojic. Yeah. Chris Paul deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, like that's a tough one between Lillard and Doncic, uh, one and two. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, he's still in the NBA. All, like, it's, yeah. It is what it is. Pascal Siakam. Um, yeah. Is he the best player on their team? In the playoffs, he wasn't. In the he bubble, was he wasn't. No. So like... The but, thing is, like, um, a lot of the way the contracts uh, sort of worked out is you get a big, 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 big bonus that actually changes your team's fate if you make the All-NBA team, like 32% over three years the earlier you make it. Yeah. So someone like Pia- Pascal, I don't know where his uh, like, um, situation is with his contract, but that could be a negative towards his team. Um but like everyone else, there is is good. Now let's talk about the third team. This is where it gets a bit interesting. Yeah, so we got uh, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Rudy the COVID Bear Gobert. Well, this is the thing too, and this is based off the regular season. This is all pre-bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to remember that far back, but Westbrook did fit in, right? And they were doing good. Yeah. Uh, Ben Simmons, like all defensive team. Um, he was playing well. He got injured at the end. Um, it's interesting to see him on all NBA team and Joel Embiid is not there. And I wonder what that does for their chemistry. Uh, Rudy Gobert is great, but what other centers do we have in the league? Uh, Jason Tatum is a stud, um, and Jimmy Butler, stud, but they're yet to get over that hump. 
Exactly. I mean, if you look at the All-NBA teams, first, second, third team, every single player and their teams made the playoffs. So and you look at the Bradley Beals and um, uh, Trey Youngs of the world, obviously they didn't make the playoffs. So there are a number of factors I, I, you know, I appreciate that are built into this in order to you know, rank the best to worst. But the reality is, you know, if you bring value and you're, you're hitting, hitting stats and, and being ultra competitive against the best in the world, I think that that should be recognized as well. 100%. 100%. Um, and yeah, Barkley made an interesting comment the other day when Denver beat the Lakers. He said, no, the Lakers played good, but like LeBron had a triple-double. And it's like easy to have those inflated numbers on a team that like someone still has to get those numbers. So like a good player is a good player. Good numbers yep. are good numbers. They're mutually exclusive at times. Agreed. All right. So this is the segment we used to call flip it. Now we're going to call it who you got. The who premise got. of this game is we have about a thousand basketball cards from 1992 to current day. We randomly select eight each and we build a starting five with a six man and compare the cards. So Chris, I'm going to let you go first. Point guard. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Yeah, you really, uh, Luke dealt these ones and he gave me... uh, some uh, some Fleer 1990 cards. I think I have the whole pack here. Actually, That's, I've uh, got all Fleer too, so we're on the same. Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, uh, so I'm going to have at my point guard position, we spoke of him before as the coach of the Boston Celtics, the one and only. Nothing stranger than Danny Ainge, eh? Exactly. But here, this is a 1990 Fleer card, so he's playing Sacramento. for the Sacramento Kings. So uh, he had a... Pretty good career, Danny, and obviously uh, certainly um, excelled his uh, his game in the early '90s. Um, you know, averaging you know 15 in the late '80s, up to 20 points a game, and and 17 in the 89-90 season, uh, almost 18 points a game actually. And then obviously put the other assist uh, stats and everything together. Pretty solid uh, point guard, in my opinion. Yeah, he went into being a, a two guard later on, and the card that I'm going to use Who for you got. I, I I got Steve Smith. Steve Smith uh, also a two guard. Yeah, but, yeah uh, exactly. But he played a lot of point actually in Miami. He uh, well, yeah. If you yeah. look him up, point guard. He's six, he's six eight though. He was playing six eight as a point guard in what the two thousands. That that was a rarity back then. That's only been in the modern era, I would suggest. Yeah, you but know. he came into that. Then he got moved to two guard straight away because of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is his card from like ninety one, ninety two. Average twelve points a game. Stevie Smith versus Danny Ainge. I think it's a it's, it's a it's a toss up that one. Uh, how many points? 12. 12. I mean, if we want to go purely along statistics alone, um, you know. Well, Danny Ainge, that's after his Boston career and uh, pre-Phoenix. Yeah, he's still averaging 17.9 points. I'm going to give it to Danny Ainge in that year. All right. All right. I'll take it. So, um, for the two guard, who you got? Two guard. I have Mr. Andre Miller. For the Denver Nuggets. This is a 2004-2005 season. Um, Andre, you know, he had a pretty checkered career. Um, You know, he was a solid, solid player. Um, 
six two, two hundred pounds. Uh, he, this year he was averaging um, 14, uh, 15 points a game. He was averaging uh, this season here. Over to you. Who you got? Uh, who I got? I got uh, Latrell Sprewell, rookie year. Ooh, Latrell. Uh, actually, I'm going to take this uh, because it's a Latrell Sprewell rookie, rookie card. Might be worth something one day. It'll be worth at least three cents. Yeah, yeah. I like Latrell. He was uh, one of the bad, bad dudes of the the era. Um, certainly. Uh, not a guy that you'd, you'd want to mess with. Look, if you're a coach anyway. If you're a coach anyway, yeah. It doesn't have his stats on there, but I think it was uh, about 13 points a game. I'd like to um, I'd like to take Luttrell on this one because he made a bit of a name for himself. Um, yeah, if we're looking, you know, we look at the the way we sort of judge this, we look at the, the current year of the card, um, but then we, you know, we also have a bit of a factor if, if it's even on, on statistics and, uh, you know, for that year, we probably look at the career, and Latrell, if we, I would rather have Latrell on my my team for ten years than Andre Miller. Yeah, even if you're a coach. Even if you're a coach. All right, for you, number three, who you got? Number three, I don't know if this can be beat, but we'll soon find out. It is Clyde the Glide Drexler. Oh wow, we might none of us got centers, eh? That's what nope, <laughs> we did not. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty pretty shitty hand we got drawn here. So this is a 1989-90 card. Oh, he's he's playing out of his Clyde mind then. Playing out of his mind, you know, averaging 27, 27, and 23 in the last three years of the 80s, and uh, obviously, you know, basketball fans out there know Clyde the Glide was uh, one of the greats. Well, I, I got Dennis Scott. All right. Yeah, that ain't great player, that. great commentator. Hey, he's way better than Clyde Drexler commentating. He was in a rap video with Shaq. Yeah. All right, they were buddies. Like, uh, Dennis Scott, love you, but I like Dennis Scott. But yeah, Clyde the Glide, you got this. Yeah, it ain't that ain't going anywhere. All right, uh, this is I'm going downhill fast. Uh, <clears throat> at the four spot, I've got Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, Wizard Guard, Houston Rockets. Uh, this is a 2017, 2018. Uh, the reason for this, you, you'll see when I have my other cards. I, I probably should have put in Eldon Campbell from the Lakers, but it was his rookie card. And, you know, in his rookie season, he only averaged uh, yeah. 2.8 points, 2.8 points per game. And that, uh, you know, certainly um, isn't going to bode well, probably, if you've got someone, you know, solid in the power forward position. But, you know, Eric Gordon, obviously... Solid player, but definitely not a four man. Yeah, so Tobias Harris is who I have here. And it was in his uh, Clippers almost all-star year, 19 Mm. points a game. So you would have won either way. It doesn't matter who I had there, I think. Yeah. Although Eldon did have a... He had a good season. He had a a good career. 17.6, I think, was his career high. And he he was never the best, like a big rebounder. But he was a talented offensive player. And like even in the 91 finals with... um, the Bulls and that, that's where he sort of came out. It was him and Vlade who came off the bench. And he, he built a solid career, but he had that Joel Embiid problem, which is like just not... He had a big ass, all right, and didn't did. take care of himself. He was long, long with a big ass. He was a good player, solid, you know, putting up 12, 14 points a game for a lot of his career. Um, had a long career. What is it? 15, 16 seasons, I think. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um Center. It doesn't get much better here, Mark. Uh, Mark, Luke. <laughs> this guy, Mark West from the Phoenix Suns. I like Mark West. He was a good enforcer, hey? Um, he was, yeah. Yeah, like he, he'd, he'd come in and he would just like sort of like play his 
he'd do his like five fouls and you know he back up Barkley. Um, he had a killer mustache as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what team you got him with? Um, so he was 1989-90 playing for Phoenix, averaging ten points a game. That's good for Mark West. You got yeah, his yeah. best card. He keep... played played all eighty two games. So you yeah. should hold on to that one, mate. Hold on to it. Keep it as a keepsake. Yeah, he was a league leader in field goal accuracy that year. If it makes any, if it helps, it's kind of like the Boban of uh, of the 1990 season. Yeah, Mark West. Yeah. All right. So I got. It. Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis, the man. Uh, midway through his career. It's in his 10th okay. year. Okay. Um, and No, sorry. It's like with Atlanta, he's second last year of Atlanta. He's averaging 13. Man, this guy was a bloody machine. He was a machine. He hit the weights hard and uh, he was he had a, a long solid, career. <clears throat> solid unit down, down below. Yeah. So one of the, you know, another true center of the game. Um, you don't find too many of them these days in this modern day basketball but uh, Kevin Willis was certainly just that so I'm gonna give that to you so where are we at uh, we got like uh four one but we got one more and just for shits and ghouls just for shits and who you got for your six man shit man I've already talked about him um because my other options are really Joe Klein or or Tim Perry from the Phoenix Suns and Neither player really cut the mustard, in my opinion, you know, as a career perspective. You got the 1989 Phoenix Suns <clears throat> Fleer deck I, right there. I did, yeah. Thanks for With that. With Eric Appreciate Gordon. Yeah. Appreciate the shuffle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Eldon Campbell, man. I mean, again, it's a lose-lose situation for me. Who you got? Um, Dell. Dell, the father of the two soon-to-be greats, uh, well, at least one of them anyway. Steph Curry and Seth Curry's father. Um, Dell had a he had a pretty solid career. Pure shooter, obviously you can see through the Suns. Um, yeah, played with a bunch of different teams, but just yeah, he he played his role and he played his role well. And uh, yeah, you smoked me in this one. Yeah, I'll let you shuffle next time. But yeah, please do. Home Thanks. court advantage, eh? Microsoft Teams, boom. Um, so we're coming towards the end of the show here. Thanks for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week because we'll be in the finals. Kurt, we'll see you then too, buddy. Cheers. Thanks, guys. <laughs>